Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Jay, a.k.a. Juice Box, and I am back. I hope y'all missed me as much as I have missed you all. It's been way too long um, since I've dropped a new episode, and for that reason, I've decided to go solo today. Um, this episode is going to be titled, The Fuck Is Up, Jay, uh, because there's been a lot that has happened, that, and I will be giving you some insight as to why I've been away for um, so long. Today, I will be giving you all the tea about where I've been, where I'm at currently, and prayfully where I'm going. I am so ready to do this. So let's do this, Jay. <sighs> okay. First, where I've been. Let me backtrack. Shout out to um, Power 105, um, Michael S. Laminoff. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. And Angie Martinez. I won tickets yesterday to go to, go to um, Angie Martinez Barbecue, and I had an amazing time. It was so much fun. I didn't want to leave, and I was happy that Angie paid <laughs> for that extra hour because it really came in handy. And shout out to the people from Raising Can Canaan. I got to meet them. Yeah, and it was fine. Yeah, call me. Anyway, <laughs> back to the task at hand. So it's been, the last episode I dropped was in May. And since then, um, I was able to go on summer break. And it started off great. One of my close friends, um, who I love, hi, Akina. Uh, we went to Key West for her birthday in the beginning of June. And that was so much fun. The group of girls that I travel with are um, girls that I used to work with. And um, we started traveling together since October of last year. Our first trip was when we went to Vegas. And it's just a great group of girls. And we just had a good time. It's never no drama. It's always fun. It's always last. There's never no problems. Nobody is complaining about money, bills, stuff like that. Like, we just have a grand no time. And I appreciate that. So uh, the thing about Key West was that we all came in on different flights. And we were all leaving on different flights. So two of my friends, their flights was in the morning. Uh, my friend Akina and her friend Kay, uh, Kay lives in Florida, so they ended up driving down from whatever part of um, Florida Kay lives in uh, to Key West, and then they were going to drive back, spend a day in Miami before they went back to Kay's house because Akina was going to stay at um, Kay's house for a few weeks in the month of July, <clears throat> until the month of July, actually. And um, I was the last one to have my flight back. So uh, Akina ended up paying for an extra hour for us to stay, just so a later checkout. So my checkout was around like two. The thing about my flight was that it got switched around and my flight, I was supposed to leave super early in the morning, end up getting delayed and I ended up staying till, my flight was like around like five something. And the thing about Key West is like their airport is legit like around the corner from where we were staying at. So um, what I decided was that there was like a bar next to the pool area we was at. So I decided, I said, let me just go there, you know, have a drink, grab me something to eat before I go to the airport. And while I was sitting there, I had gotten a call from one of my cousins and he normally doesn't call me. 
So I already had an inkling that something was wrong when he did call me. So the first thing he asked me was um, if I was still in Key West because he saw that I was in on um, Key West probably from, not probably, but more than likely from Facebook. And um, I told him, yeah, and I, he was like, okay. And I can tell he was hesitant to tell me something because I felt like he didn't want to ruin my trip. Um, but he ended up telling me that his mom passed away. And for those who don't know, uh, my great aunt was one of the women that I cherished the most. Uh, I always tell people I had four women that I loved the most. It was my grandmother. It was my um, great aunt Mamie. It was Joan Rivers and Judge Judy. So those are my four key golden girls, golden girls that I really love. And when I heard that, I automatically felt so many different emotions. One, I felt guilty. Uh, because I used to call her all the time and she used to call me all the time, especially like when, she, when my grandmother was alive and she couldn't get in contact with my grandmother, she would call me and say, you know, have your grandmother to call me and things like that. And I, once my grandmother passed away because it was only her and my great aunt left alive out of their 13 siblings, I used to call and check up on her to see how she was doing. And at one point she wasn't doing well and it, like the conversation just kept being her just talking about her health. And it was not getting better. And I always felt, left that call, those calls feeling helpless. So I started to make excuses for the reason for me not to call her. And shortly before her death, like two weeks or so before her death, I said, you know, I'm done with work, I'm on vacation. Let me just call her to see how she was doing. But of course I felt too afraid because I didn't want to hear bad news about how she was doing. And I didn't want to feel like, you know, somebody that I truly love, I couldn't help them. I ended up not calling her. So I felt guilty. And then I felt, I also did feel sad um, because I never got the opportunity to speak to her one last time. I didn't get a chance to see her. Um, she, lived in she lived in Alabama. I never got a chance to go down there. So it was just a lot. Um, so even though my trip to Key West was great, it did end on a sad note. And, um, I found out the funeral arrangements was going to be the following week. And I, my, one of my cousins, she called me, <clears throat> one of my cousins, she called me and she told me that, uh, she was trying to get out there. And when I was looking at the flights, the flights were like $500. I'm like, I just left the trip. I don't have $500 to, to pay for a next flight. And so she was like, oh, we could take the bus out there. Now, I, <laughs> I will give that bus zero stars. Highly, do not do it. Um, highly un unrecommended. Super ghetto. Like the ghettoest shit that I have probably have ever done in my life. So I would never do that shit again. However... Um, I really needed to get to South Carolina where my grand, my great aunt was going to be buried. She had had her funeral in Alabama and she was, um, because that's, she, that's where she lived. That's where her husband, her late husband was, um, were from. And she had, we had family in Alabama and they took her to the burial plot where, uh, all of my family is buried and, um, uh, what my family owns. So... Even though we, I went to South Carolina for um, my great aunt, there were some highs to that trip. Some of the highs was that 
you know, I got to see where my grandmother and, and um, great aunt grew up at, where they live. Um, I got to reconnect with family. I got to meet family that I've always heard stories about from my grandmother or from my aunts and my mom and stuff like that. But I never got a chance to meet them in person. Um, I also got to squash a family beef that I had with my um, cousin and got to get to the bottom of the truth, which was also great. As I stated, there of course, there's, there's highs, there's going to be lows. So some of the lows of that trip was that the commute was hell. Sitting on a bus for hours, I think we left Friday. We left Friday night around 7. We got to Camden, South Carolina around like 8 something in the morning. It was hot as fuck. <laughs> I don't like that southern heat. Um, their music out there is trash. Yeah, sorry, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, your music is trash. Um... It end up spend, I ended up spending way more money than I expected to spend. And I lost my fucking AirPods. <laughs> so somebody in South Carolina got Juicy J AirPods, and I'm very upset about that shit. Um, and then also, the, the commute was, was okay going there. You know, it was taking some time to get used to. I'm a big girl. Yes, I got Meg the Stallion knees, but a bitch knees was on fire, Okay. Um, <laughs> and then all, the commute coming back, first of all, we were supposed to leave Saturday night after the funeral. And we get to the bus depot early because my cousin wanted to go early. We get to the bus depot early. They come to find out the bus broke down. There wasn't going to be another bus until the next day. So we, had, we ended up spending the night there. Now, since we didn't originally plan to stay, we didn't have a hotel or anything like that. We just was in the hotel with my um, cousins and stuff. And then my, one of my cousins and aunt decided, you know what, let's just get a hotel so we can change clothes and all that type of stuff. All right, cool. The problem with this hotel was that legit, I hope this don't sound wrong, but it looked like the same hotel that Martin Luther King got assassinated in. Like that shit was so old school. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? It's like legit, I felt like I was back in the 60s. And... Surprise, surprise. You know what I ended up leaving that hotel with? Bed bug bites. Thank God I didn't take any bed bugs back home with me. Um, I knew the procedures from back when I used to do social work, so I knew exactly what to do. But I was so pissed off. Mind you, I slept with a whole entire sweatsuit because I did not trust that bed. And they ended up tearing the shit out of my ankles anyway. <laughs> um, so, and then on the bus coming back, it was some lady. She was straight bipolar. You can tell she had mental health issues. She was going back and forth. She was arguing with the bus driver. She's waking everybody up. She was so upset because the bathroom was nasty. Um, I didn't use that bathroom. Like, none of my family used that bathroom. We was we held on to our pee. We just waited till we got to the rest stop. And she was complaining about having to wipe her pussy with her daughter's T-shirt. So you know this bitch was crazy the whole entire ride just doing the most. I was like... You know what? I couldn't wait to get off that fucking train. I mean, that fucking bus. And I made it home. But through it all, I was just so grateful that, you know, at least I still got a chance to um, see my great aunt for one last time. And also one of the uh, also one of the highs is that I got to see my grandmother um, where she's buried at. Because, like I said, all of her family and stuff is buried in the same um, burial ground. And I haven't been to South Carolina. That was my first time. So I was able to go see 
where my grandmother was um, buried. And I was not leaving that place until <laughs> until I saw where she was buried. She ended up, uh, my great aunt ended up being buried right next to her and their older sister. So I was happy to see that. Um, but one of the things that did it did cause was my great aunt's passing was that it triggered my anxiety and my depression. And um, I started to feel depressed. Like any plans that I had for this summer break, I was I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to be. Uh, but as a true J form, I try to push through and pretend as if nothing was happening and nothing was bothering me. And then it happened. Um, one day I went to a restaurant with uh, one of my friends, Howie and um, Piggy. We went to, to a restaurant and mind you, my anxiety was on a thousand that day, but I was still trying to shut it down and still try to just go with the flow in a sense. So when we get to the restaurant, the first thing I notice is it's some lady in the corner and she looking shady. So I'm like, what the fuck is she looking at? Like her eyes shifting. You could tell she's trying to be low key and you could tell she's watching the room as if she knew somebody was watching her. So I, I thought that was weird. Um, come to find out it ended up being some woman um, on a show called Manifest that's on Netflix. I never watched the show, um, you know. My show has to be like 99.9% black so for me to watch it. So that wasn't a show I was going to watch. But I've heard so many great things about it. And the ladies seemed nice. And, you know, um, Piggy and um, Howie are true watchers of the show. So they were excited. They took pictures and all that stuff. The waiter came. And for some reason, I felt like my friends was talking a lot. Like, I couldn't make up my mind, which is not something that... I'm used to as far as like ordering food. Like you don't get this size from not knowing what you want to eat. Okay. So, <laughs> but my friends was talking a lot and it sounded like a bunch of chatter around it. And then felt like, I felt like it was me and it was a whole mob of people around me. If I could describe how I was feeling at the time. And they was talking a lot. And I had one point I said, you guys are talking too much. Hindsight, when I ended up telling Piggy that I said that, she was like, I didn't hear you say that. So maybe I thought I said it out loud, but I really was saying it in my mind. So all the while that's happening, I'm hearing, I don't want to say I'm hearing voices, but it made me feel like something told me I wasn't safe. Even though I was with friends that I've known, I've known Howie since high school. I knew Piggy since um, my first year of college in 06. I, something told me I was not safe. So I started freaking the fuck out. I was crying and they were like asking me if I was okay and asking me what the can they do. And I, in my stomach, I felt like, yo, it was telling me, yo, Jay, you need to get the fuck up out of here. But I decided, they told me to go to the bathroom. I decided to go to the bathroom, made a quick phone call to Ra. Um, usually when I have anxiety, even though a lot of my friends don't necessarily understand anxiety. They are supportive. And I realized that Rasheen is a great support system um, when it comes to that. So I called him and he was like, you know, one of the things that clicked with me, he was like, you're with people that you love. You are, you are with people who love you. So don't feel like they're out to get you. Because before I went to that bathroom, something was telling me to go. Something was telling me just go on ahead and leave. Um, but I decided to, to go against it. I, I was able to come back to the table and then my anxiety started acting up again. Um, Piggy told me to pray. I prayed about it and I felt a little bit better and I was able to go through, get through it. 
when I spoke to my therapist about it, she realized she helped me come to terms to realize that I didn't have an anxiety attack. I actually had a panic attack. I've had an anxiety attack once um, at my old job, and Akina ended up um, helping me with it. Some of the signs are similar, but it was a lot different. Um, I never felt paranoid when I first had my first anxiety attack. Um, so just realizing that I was in a more bad space than I had thought. And she helped me realize that the reason why I've been feeling all these feelings is because I've been suppressing the stresses that I've been going through. Um, you know, the old, the feelings of guilt and hurt and depression and anxiety with my great, uh, great aunt passing made me feel feelings about how I felt when my grandmother had passed away. For everybody who knows my grandmother was and will forever be the apple of my eye. So that along with that, those two deaths, along with my failed marriage, made me feel like um, with some of the stresses that I was suppressing. And, um, but I will say today, I do feel better. I'm in a much more better space than I was um, back then. A few, what was it? Just, that was just last month. I'm in a better space. However, um, not only... August is a triggering month for me. Uh, my grandmother passed away August 26, 2017. And I usually find myself withdrawn, don't want to speak to people, things like that. And not only that, I ended up getting married within the same month, not of the same year, but I also get, ended up getting married in um, August because we wanted to take a negative month and turn it into a positive. But, you know, that shit ain't work out. <laughs> So where I'm at currently, um, mixed with where I've been, you know, nigga edition. Um, for those who don't know, I am still legally married, unfortunately. And um, prayfully, not for long. But I'm going to give you a little bit backstory on this coward. Uh, his name is Smoke. Well, nah. We about to get full government names because you know what? I'm feeling real fucking petty today. <laughs> Jerry Anthony Ezekiel, or Ezekiel, because he says it, Samuel, is the, is the coward I'm still, you know, married to legally. Um, we met back in 2010. And uh, my first impression, we always used to talk about this, my first impression was uh, his friend, his best friend, Craze, who's also Piggy's male best friend, we didn't know, one time I was on the phone with Piggy and she didn't, we didn't know that we both, we both knew Craze. And I, I ended up meeting Craze through my ex-best friend, T. So one time, uh, T and I were at Craze's house and you know that old, oh, you got a friend for my friend type shit. And she was like, oh, you got somebody for my friend? He was like, yeah, I got the perfect person and blah, blah, blah. Now, me not thinking anything of it, I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm like kind of nervous but I'm like I'm not expecting for me to be able to see somebody so he ended up coming to the house and my first impression was that yeah this nigga ugly boy <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you he was nothing that I like um he was tall I was never into tall guys um his hair was peasy as fuck damn peasy I haven't said that word in a long time but his hair was peasy as hell um he had what we call pacifier teeth because he sucks his thumb. To this day, he still sucks his thumb. I think he's 35, 36, still sucks his thumb. Six foot, he's, he's like six foot four. 
big dude. He's so big that back then he was being he was a bouncer. So just imagine a six foot four nigga sucking his thumb. <laughs> Can't make this shit up, folks. But anyway, um, they were going back and forth because he wanted a shape up. Smoke wanted a shape up. And Crazy was like, nah, you need a haircut. So they're going back and forth, back and forth. And you know me, a bitch is blunt as fuck. I, I got a little quiet. I was like, I said, yeah, you need a haircut. They both looked at me, and I felt like, what I know now, that look was that he wasn't used to people talking to him like that, like just being straight out blunt with him. And then he was like, all right, son, give me a haircut. And then we was just like laughing from that. Um, he ended up getting a haircut, but he had to go to work. Like I said, he was a bouncer at the time. Um, Whack-ass job, but you know. It sounds glorious, but he wasn't really getting paid shit. Um, but... I forgot how he got my number, but I remember when we was reminiscing about it one time and he told me that I ended up telling Craze that he can get my number. So one of the things that I, one of the things that I can say about him was that we had an automatic connection right off the bat. I've never had a connection with a man like that romantically. Um, the only guy I've ever had that connection with, like as if we known each other for years was from Ra. And as I said, it wasn't romantical, so it was a it was a different level. And we would talk on the phone the whole day, meaning we would get up in the morning, we would be on the phone the whole entire day, whether he's at work or home or I'm at work. And we I would get home, we're talking on the phone to the time I fall asleep, he snore, I'm snoring, he'll listen to me snore, and then he would go to sleep and we would not hang up the phone. Legit, it would be on the phone for like 13 hours. The only time the call would, fuck, would end would be if, if it fell, like it was a call failure or whatever. But that's something that we always did for years. And, um, you know, even though there was a lot of things that I didn't really like about him, that connection that I felt with him was, was weird. But I still wasn't really willing to give him like a legit chance because I was still stuck on... Uh, my youngest son's dad. So we would do this on and off again, back and forth type thing where we would talk to each other for months. Everything would be going like strong, cool. We didn't really see each other. Um, I think one time we did see each other and that was the first time we, one time when we saw each other, um, first of all, let's backtrack. I just realized something. I remember one time I was talking on the phone with him and he was like, it was no food in the crib. And I just decided, I said, oh, okay, you know. I was like, so what you gonna eat? He was like, I don't know, I don't know, I'll figure it out. I was like, okay. So I ended up buying this man groceries and surprising him and bringing it to his house. And he was like, yo, what the fuck? Nobody's ever done that to me. I was like, you know, just, you know, I just felt like, I felt bad for him. Like, you telling me there's no food in the crib, so I'm gonna buy you some food. And I remember it was a situation where um, Craig's sister got hit in the face by his boy. Um, her boyfriend at the time, and this nigga went incredible hawks. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be protecting me and shit. So that shit kind of turned me on, you know? <laughs> so we ended up having sex that night, and it was so bad. I let this nigga get, like, three pumps, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that shit was trash. One, it was trash because I, I remember he was saying that he's never, like, um, eating a girl out before. I'm just like, everybody who know me, if you fucking with me, that's a requirement. Yeah? Yeah. It's 2021. I don't want no more niggas telling me they don't eat pussy. What the fuck is... What's wrong with you? If you're not eating pussy, you sucking dick. That's, that's, what it, that's where I'm at. I ain't not eating pussy. 
sucking dick, boy. <laughs> so he did do that. Um, and then also, all my friends been talking to me about, oh, tall niggas, tall niggas got the schlongy. Boy, that shit was, that was, shit was, nah. What he used to say is that he's a grower, not a shower. He damn sure wasn't no shower. It was like, there was no back out. You feel me? I haven't met a tall nigga yet with the schlongy, so I, I, I don't know. I think my friends lied to me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I let him get three pumps and I made some bullshit up. And um, yeah, it was just like, he just wasn't a man for me, I, I felt like at the time. like I was looking at all the shit that he didn't have. So I ended up cutting it off and then we reconnected and the next time we reconnected, he had so much going on for himself. He had moved to Monticello, New York. Um, he had a different job. He was working at the farmer's market at this time. He had a different job. And you know, he seemed to be doing better. So I would travel up there to Monticello to come get him. I remember I was talking to him and this other guy at the time trying to figure out who I should speak to. Um, I ended up choosing him or whatever whatever <laughs> and it was cool for a while now the first time he did give me head boy i always tell people all the time it's like a it's like a cat licking milk that shit was horrible i was like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> the sex was still bad but i know that when you get to know somebody the connection that you have and the more you the person learns your body the more you learn that person's body the sex can end up being you know truly amazing um, but for whatever reason, I wasn't, I wasn't really happy. And I remember I had one, um, the opportunity to go to the Easter egg hunt at the White House. That was the time that Barack Obama was the president. And I remember I was having a conversation with him telling him like, you know, I wasn't happy. The relationship was trash. The reason why the relationship was trash was because one, I couldn't really see him like that. Um, I didn't need to see him every day, but since he lived so far away, it was less amount of time that we actually got to spend with each other. And um, the sex wasn't giving me what it needed, what it needed to give. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just like, he, anything I say, this man will believe. Like, it was just, I remember one time I was on the phone with him and Hollywood, my youngest son, father called, and I clicked, I thought I clicked over, and I was like, yeah, babe, and talking and stuff. Come to find out, I look on my phone, I see that this nigga's on the call. I'm like, oh shit, let me hang up. I restarted my phone. And then he called me, I called him back. I was like, oh my gosh, babe, did you hear that? Did you hear that um, <laughs> that conversation? He's like, I think my wires got crossed or something like that. He's like, y'all, I thought that was you. My heart dropped. I was like, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and he was, at this time, he was way more into me. Like he automatically fell in love with me. But like I said, I was looking at the shit that he didn't have. So the first time, he, after this after this conversation that I had, I think we continued to rock with each other for a few more months. And then next thing you know, he ghosted me for the first time. And I couldn't imagine why I was calling this man's job. I was calling um, him and I wasn't getting no answer. And I remember I was talking to T and she was like, well, maybe he gave you something. So bitch was scared. I'll call that nigga. I was like, if you if you gave me something, you better be a man about it and, and fucking tell me. I left that nigga voice, but I was so scared. I'm like, Lord, I'm about to go to the upper room. What the fuck did this man give me? Hopefully it's a shot to care for it. I did not know what the fuck was what to believe. And that worked, that voicemail worked because he ended up calling me and he told me that he felt like his um ex-girl, he found out that his ex-girlfriend was pregnant and it was a possibility that it was his. Now, there was a few things wrong with it. 
Number one, the ex-girlfriend he's talking about, Shrekiana, a.k.a. I told you I'm feeling real petty today. Beasia Lakeisha Ellington. Yeah, look up Shrek, Shrekiana. Um, was the girl that he ended up was with, and he ended up moving to Monticello with her. But she's done did so much shit. So at this point, um, she tried to get him jumped. Anytime he would go, he would, like, she would call, uh, she would call him, she would call his family, wildin', going crazy. They used to fight all the time. She stabbed him. She burned up all of his papers, and, you know, he's from Trinidad. So, and he became, he, he was a citizen cause, because he came to America when he was 18, but she burned up all his fucking paperwork. He didn't have no ID. He didn't have no social security card. He didn't have a birth certificate. He didn't have his citizen papers. He didn't have none of that shit. And she um, ended up getting, getting him arrested. And she sued his ass. <laughs> she sued his ass because after she did all of that shit, he went and took the money out of their, out of her account or took his paycheck out of her account. And she ended up suing him to get that money back. Right, this is the type of this is the type of bitch that that she was that she is, I should say. <clears throat> so, um, the fact that he was telling me that she was pregnant, one, he should have known. If she was pregnant at the time, it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a problem for me because that happened before we reconnected. Because Shorty was like nine, eight months pregnant at the time, and we was only together for less. We was a, a couple of months, and. Two, the also the fact that he even believed that was his child is because he can't come during sex. The only way he could <laughs> My man Dave like, huh? Yes, he cannot come during sex. The only way he could come is why by him jerking off. So the fact that you even feel like you have that jerk to sperm hand to pussy coordination is crazy to me to feel like she they did that one time and all of a sudden Shorty was pregnant. So Considering that, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I, I ended it because I felt like the way he was moving was just dumb. That shit didn't make any sense to me. So a couple of months later, I ended up calling him. I was like, yo, was that your, did you find out, you know, that was your child? He said that she ended up having a girl. And he said, yeah. He said, yes, the child was his. So my heart dropped. Because when I, when I broke off the relationship with him, I realized that I had stronger feelings for him than I thought I did. And, um... So when I heard that, my heart dropped. And then he said, no. I'm, he's like, no, I made a mistake. He said, no, the kid wasn't mine. He took a DNA test. He said, but I'm still going to be there for her. Now, what you need to understand is this man wants a family so bad. He is what we say is the middle child syndrome. Like, some people just need that, that love, that unconditional, that, own, that, own, that unconditional love, excuse me, that only a child can give. So he, he wanted a family so bad. And when I heard that he was going to stick by this girl, I was like, are you stupid? His mother was upset, his sister was upset, and I'm upset because I'm like, if this bitch is, has done all this shit to you, you decide to go back and just try to be a quote unquote family for a child that's not yours? Like, to me, that didn't make any sense. And not only that, it was a slap in the face because I was the one that gave him the money to, to get his paperwork back to stay in America. And that shit was a couple of hundred of dollars, okay? A bitch is not rich. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that was the first time. But a couple of months later, we end up reconnecting. And now he was even in a more better place than, than before. Um, he stopped having, like, any type of relationship with the girl's mother, 
uh, and the little girl. He ended up having a, a new job. He was a mechanic at this time. He had his license and he had multiple cars. So he was doing so much better and he was able to give me money this time around. Yeah. <laughs> so shit was like better. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I was just after him for what he has, but that was a part of the reason why I was not really into him because I'm like, I got my own place. I got my own job. I had finished college. You know, I was, I was on a different level than he was. He didn't have no education, didn't have his GED. He didn't have none of that shit. So the fact that he was where he was at was way more appealing to me. So, and of course, you know, the sex got better. Yeah, I'm a good teacher. <laughs> and, you know, he was able to learn how to eat pussy thanks to me. So shout out to me. Shout out to whoever pussy eats from now on, you know. That was me. Yeah. I can send you my cash app if you need that. And um, so, yeah. And unfortunately, he still holds that number one title as far as, like, being the best sex partner I've ever had. Um, so with all of that, I ended up falling in love with him. And shortly, we decided to get married. We decided to get married August 23rd, 2019. You know, I told you I was fake crip. 823, don't set. Nah, that wasn't, even, that wasn't even planned. I just, 23 is a significant number for me. Um, I call it my guardian agent number. So we decided to get married. So we ended up getting married. And that was like a great, it was like a great day. Now let me share something with you guys to see, to show y'all how much in love he was with me. So I have a card that he gave me on my wedding day. He will always give me cards and write letters. That was like, he would do that on a monthly basis. <clears throat> so the card on the front says, my love. You know what I'm thinking even before I say it. You know what makes me laugh. Your smile can turn my entire day around. And your love makes me feel complete. I hope you know how much I appreciate you. And you mean the world to me. He wrote, from the day that I met you, I knew that I found my forever. Today you agreed to be my wife. Our new lives have already begun. You've turned this boy into a man. Help me learn and grow today. As we take steps into our bright future, I want you to know you'll be walking into a future with the man that gives you his everything. I promise to love and cherish you for as long as I have life in me. And then I'll wait for you on the other side. You have always been my forever. So that's the card. And this is the letter. He says to my everything. I have never been more confident in the decision I have and I have never been more confident in, in any decision that I have ever made. When I asked you to marry me just a few weeks ago, I always known that you were the perfect woman for me. The days, the weeks, and the moments leading up to our big day have been nothing but short of amazing. Even though we've had our ups and downs, every time I look at you, I'm reminded time and time again why I fell in love with you in the first place. You truly and honestly are an amazing person inside and out, and I probably don't tell you enough. We've been on this long journey to find each other, and I've made some bad choices along the way. Even though my choices were bad, I'm happy that it led me back to you. There's no place I'd rather be or no one else I'd rather be with. You will always be my forever. I can't wait to start my new life with you and the boys, talking about my boys, and someday add a couple more to our family. Who knew we would meet? Who knew when we met all of these years ago 
that we would end up here. I think it's natural for people to be nervous before getting married. It's completely normal as getting married is such a life-changing commitment. This is a feeling that I would not be experiencing. As I'm writing this letter, rather than being scared of what the future may hold, I'm sitting here completely confident with how strong with our, with our story and how it has turned out thus far. If I could, I would live my life 1,000 times over again. I can honestly say that I wouldn't change a thing about our story. You are truly the greatest thing that has ever happened to me, and I can't wait to be your husband. P.S., um, I have more, but the pen is about to die. I love you. So this is just an insight of how truly quote-unquote in love now nah, i'm not even gonna say quote-unquote because I, I do believe that he loved me um that this man was so as i stated our marriage for the most part it was cool we did have arguments and um as most marriages and the first year of marriage is hard as fuck um but what started to go awry was that he ended up losing his job and then shortly after that quarantine hit so this would be my first time actually spending like days upon days living with this man because he still was working at Monticello. And then things turned for the worse. Um, what I call Q-gate is where the story really ended up going for the worse. So um, a lot of people don't know this story, but I ended up going to Piggy's cousin's birthday party, her 30th birthday party in Jersey. Now, usually when I go with them to Jersey, they usually spend a night. Piggy and her sister and her family, they spend a night. But this particular time, I didn't want to spend a night. Um, or, or honestly, I knew I was going to get drunk, so I wanted to, to drink, come home, and have sex. That was, my, that was my main focus. Like, I'm being 100% honest. I never told anybody that, but that was my main focus. It's like, nah, I know I was going to be drinking tequila. Yeah. And I wanted to go home, and I wanted to be fucked, and I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. So when I ended up seeing um, Piggy's cousin, D, he was like, I was like, oh, I could just ride back to Brooklyn with him. And he was like, that's cool, but I didn't drive my car. I got Bruno's car, his homeboy. So I was like, okay, I was like, fuck it. Like, I knew Bruno, but they had their cousin at the time. His name is Q, right? Now, I've met him a handful of times, and honestly, his energy and my energy, we don't mesh. When I see that man, I don't feel safe if i can say and the, throughout the whole night he's saying shit like oh yeah you're not coming back to with us to brooklyn yeah you're not doing this but i'm talking back at this man because i know he don't have the power to stop me from coming to brooklyn so anyway he's when i got home that night um smoke was waiting for me um on the couch and i told him some of the stuff that was happening he was like yo that nigga was being disrespectful now i didn't think nothing of it you know, because I'm whole, I felt like I held my own, but he was obviously his feelings about it. And instead of us getting into like an argument about it, he was like, ah, we just go to bed. I don't even think we had sex that night. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> so I remember one time I was on the phone, a few days later, I was on the phone with Piggy, and um, I went into the bathroom. And then when I came out, I, I was in the bathroom, I was laughing because if anybody knows Piggy, like, when you're on the phone with her, sis is funny as fuck because she, like, yeah. Your flat ass face, she driving the car. Your flat ass face, bitch, move out the way like road rage on a thousand, right? But this shit is funny because she's saying it and the person that she's saying it to can't hear her talking mad shit. So I'm just laughing. But amongst that, I was talking about the whole Q situation. So when I came out, he was like, yeah, I'm glad y'all find that shit funny. So I'm like, what the fuck? 
I said, what are you talking about? He was like, uh, shorty and her cousin. He's like, because when I see that nigga, I'm going to check him. I'm like, you can't check him. And I'm saying that, one, because, one, Q is not the type of nigga that you can check. He is, he a little dude. He, like, probably, like, five-something. But that nigga be with the shits. Now, I know my soon-to-be ex-husband, too. That nigga is with the shits, too. So if you got a six-foot-four nigga approaching you about somebody that he probably didn't even fucking remember the shit that he was saying because he was drunk and high that day, and you a, you a nigga, and mind you, Q is blood. Um, smoke used to be crip. And it's like, I already knew that was going in bad. It was going to be somebody in jail, somebody in the hospital. So I was like, that's not happening. We ended up getting into a whole big argument about it to the point that nigga took all his shit and was like, I'm leaving. Mind you, the thing that, that really hit me was like when he said, let me get my papers. Because I had all his paperwork, social security, birth certificate. I'm like, bitch, I help you pay for all this shit. And I realized that he didn't trust me with his shit being there. So he ended up leaving. This is around 4th of July weekend of 2020. And um, we started speaking. We reconnected. And he spent, he sent flowers and teddy bears and like chocolate covered strawberries and saying he was sorry, all this type of shit. And we talking on the phone and he says, oh, I got an apartment. Now what married man, you know, go get a fucking apartment, especially when you know that your wife was trying to get out the apartment that she's at now. So I'm like, I ended up going to the, this rinky dink apartment that he had or whatever the case may be. And I ended up forgiving him for the, for, for the shit. And we reconnected, we made up, and I told him, I said, you have to move your shit out by the end of the week. Of course, that didn't happen. We got into an argument. He made excuses as to why that couldn't happen. We, it, was just, it was just bad. And we ended up getting into an argument because he went out with his boys, and he didn't tell me where they was going. And I'm not the type of person that'd be, like, questioning you down, but he always used to say, oh, we doing this, we doing that. But this time, he was acting weird. And now that I know he got this apartment, I don't fully trust him. Right? Because you're a married man. You have a whole new apartment that you can have bitches there at any fucking time. And the niggas he be with be fucking, they marry and they be fucking all kinds of bitches. So I'm like, that's weird. He ended up coming like six o'clock in the morning. We having a whole big argument. It was just bad. And at this time during quarantine, he ended up starting doing Uber Eats. So I was used to him leaving in the mornings and coming, leaving, leaving before I get up. And, uh, going, by the time I go to sleep, he would be there. I mean, he wouldn't be, by the time I go to sleep, he would be coming in. So I was used to that. And then next thing you know, I kept seeing like one day, the shit that he did have the last time he was at my house, I realized that shit was missing. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm calling this man, not picking up. And I'm calling him, I'm calling the precinct. Maybe he got arrested. I'm calling hospitals. Maybe he's in the hospital. Calling his friends, doing mad shit. And I come to find out from his boy, this nigga is ignoring me. So I'm like, the fuck? So I can't get in contact with this man. I'm going through it. I end up going to his apartment. Um, I end up going to his mom apartment. At this time, I didn't even know what, I knew the apartment, but I didn't know the apartment number. And I couldn't get in contact with this man. And it was like heartbreaking for me because it was like this time, no, it was like July of last year. 
And we're getting closer to August. And then when August hits, I'm still not in contact with this man. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling depressed. My family's coming to check up on me. I'm not opening my door. My friends are calling my phone, all that shit. I'm not answering my phone. I was, and my boys wasn't there. I was low-key suicidal at this point. And I couldn't even believe that we had gotten to where we were at. And one day, he, he um, ended up texting me. And we were talking about things and we ended up reconnecting. We met up and we were speaking more about it. And that shit kind of pissed me off because he didn't really have a reason as to why he actually left. Um, one of the things that I had a problem with is that he was not a great communicator. Um, he was just a doer. Like he just did whatever he felt like made sense. And it, most of the time it never made sense. But we reconnected. I'm like trying to be a wife. I don't know what that looks like. Um, believe in anything and everything he's saying. He ended up saying that he went back to Monticello. Okay, cool. And then he disappeared again. And it was for three days. And he said he was in a hospital and all this other shit. And, and he's under my health insurance to this fucking day. Can't get him off till I get divorced. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're going to get a claim. Never got a claim. Never got a claim. So I shouldn't know he was lying then. Um, still talking, reconnecting. He would come from time to time, see each other. We would sleep with each other. He would leave because he said he had to go to work, whatever the case may be. Cool. Um, then one night he was like, he was trying to have sex with me. I was like, I'm not going to continue to have sex. I feel like I'm sleeping with a random nigga versus my husband because he would fuck me and then he would leave. I'm like, I'm not doing this no more. And he ended up spending the night that night. So I'm like, okay, you know, things are getting better. And um, the conversations that we was having, he was opening up, but he was still refusing to come home. He wanted things to be a certain type of way, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you know, not thinking nothing of it. And then he ghosts me again. One day I'm at work. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> One day I'm at work and um, I'm seeing Rod calling me and Piggy calling me back to back, back to back, back to back. So I'm thinking something doesn't happen. I, I checked the messages where I was like, yo, call Piggy back. She said she's seen smoke. So I called her and she's like, yeah, I'm looking at this six foot four nigga right now. He's tall, doofy ass. He here. He got this haircut. He got, she describing him to a T. She like, yeah, his, his ass went to McDonald's. He got a um, frappe. I knew that was that nigga. She was like, he on the phone arguing. And you could tell it, it sounded like he arguing with a bitch. First of all, no nigga is going to argue on the phone with another nigga. I've never met it. Never seen it. If anything, if a nigga getting so argument, they're like, boy, bye. They were banging on a nigga. They're not about to argue. And she said that he was like, what you talking about? I'm not talking to nobody else. So I quickly get to the spot where she said she saw him at, it was like some tire shop. She was he got a brand new truck and all of that shit. I'm like, this nigga got a brand new car. Mind you, the little piece of shit that he had was still parked in front of his mom's crib. And he said that his car was broke down. And he said he, he, she said he got AirPods. I'm like, what? He had an iPhone. But when I met up with him that time, he got a flip phone. He said he lost his phone. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to the tire place. He not there. I'm walking up and down, walking up and down. Can't find this man. I said, you know what? I said, I'm asking, I'm asking Piggy. I'm like, is this his car? Is this his car? She's like, no. And I said, you know what? I give up. It was hot as fuck that day. It was Memorial Day weekend. So I, um... I ended up getting the Uber, back in the Uber, and something said, bitch, go to this man's mom's house. Because something came in the mail, and it was like, from his bank, it was like, oh, we, we made the change of address. So now I had the building number, but I also had the apartment number. So I knew where to go. The car pull up. I look to my right-hand side. I see the truck. 
the description of the truck that Piggy gave me. I called her on face. I said, bitch, this is his truck? She said, yup, that's his truck. <laughs> I said, all right, I'm going to call you back. I told the Uber driver because I had put it in for his mom's crib into my house. I told the Uber driver, I said, yeah, I will not be making it to my second destination, so you can go ahead and end the trip here. Yeah. So I'm looking in the car. I'm seeing the, sh the sneakers I got this nigga. I'm seeing the jacket I got this nigga because the nigga was a bum. I had to dress him. Um, I had to buy him shit because he ain't had no bread. And I'm seeing all this shit. So I'm like, yo, I'm about to fuck this nigga car up. So I called Piggy and Piggy called Crazy and we on FaceTime. I said, yo, tell your boy to come downstairs right the fuck now before I fuck this truck up. Mind you, I looked across the street. Yo, the devil be working. It was an old school TV with a butt. All I saw was myself getting my Miss Trenchboat on, wrapping that shit around and just breaking this nigga windows. But I was standing outside for so long that I was afraid that people might have recognized me and I was going to go to jail. I have no ID, no money, no nothing. Finally, the nigga come down and he's denying everything that Piggy says. But he's not trying to say it was Piggy because then that would show that he was lying. But for whatever reason, I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to take this man back. So we decided, we left on a bad note that day, but we decided we, we made up and everything was going good. And then guess what? What you think he did? Ghosted me again. Ghosted me a motherfucking again. Um, no, I'm lying. Sorry. Backtrack. So we started working things out and then we had that, we had a phone conversation where it was like the old times when we was just like sleeping. We fell asleep on each other on the phone. It's called the calm before the storm. And then... One day he called me and I had just walked away from my phone and I came back to my phone. I called him back, called him back twice. So I texted him and said, hey, how come I called you and you ain't called me back? I just, you just called me and I just called you back. You're not picking up. And he texted me back. He said, I'm back with BeAsia. I'm like, so I'm like, wait, are you joking? But I know he know not to play with me like that. He said, I've been back with her and my kids because they ended up having another little, they ended up having a little boy. Now, mind you, this is how they ended up having a boy. He wanted a truck. She wanted another kid. He came, quote unquote, came inside of her. All of a sudden, she pregnant. More than likely, he's not his kid. His mom told him to sign a birth certificate because she said the baby was big, just like how he was big when he was born. This is the type of common sense I'm working with, folks. <laughs> so, come to find out, he wasn't picking up my phone calls. And... I, um, I had so much shit to do that day, and I had gotten a voicemail. I didn't even know. I had to turn my Wi-Fi off. I had gotten a voicemail. And on the voice note, she's telling, she's saying, she's telling, say it, say it, do it, do it, or I'm going to do it, or something like that. He's like, okay, okay, where you want me to start? And she's coaching him on what he should say on this voicemail. This shit was just so fucking heartbroken, like heartbreaking. I listened to that voicemail over and over taunting myself. So I get on the phone, I'm on the phone with Ra, I'm on the phone with um, Ernest, and I'm on the phone with Piggy. And then what I see, an 845 number. I already know what time it is. I click over. Yeah, where's, where's your husband at, Janiqua? I'm like, what husband? This bitch called me, taunting me. She calling my son retarded. We going back and forth. She talking about she pulling up to the crib. It's like a whole big thing. But she don't know. Like, I got my friends on the line. So my friends come on the line. They're like, ah, fuck out of here, you bitch. Ah, they going back and forth. Crazy. So I can't even believe that not only did he didn't have the balls to face me, he got this bitch calling me, and she's taunting me, and she's saying all this kind of crazy shit. 
So, of course, something I've never done before. I go on social media. I start talking about the shit. The bitch created a whole fucking fake, fake Facebook page, which he has done time and time again, and just saying, oh, I was his mistake and all this other crazy shit. Months go by. I don't hear nothing from this man. I don't hear nothing from them. So I decided, I said, you know what? Do therapy, because I actually started therapy because of the whole where I was feeling depressed and suicidal. Um, and I always wanted to go to therapy, but I was glad that I was going at this time. And while I say that, um, I was telling my therapist, you know what, I think I'm ready to start making steps to, to go ahead with the divorce. So I hit up Craze. I was like, yo, um, tell your boy that he has to give me X, Y, Z amount of money. Because I'm like, you cheated, you left. Why should I pay for the divorce? He was like, oh, his friend Smoke was like, he was cool with it, everything. Next thing you know, I get a text from him a few days later. He was like, yeah, he said he not cool with it. He already started the procedure. All he needs is my social security number. What makes you think I'm going to give you my social security number? One, I did my research. You don't need my social security number to, do a, to get a divorce. And what I see, I'm, I'm on the phone, me, me um, Ernest, Ra, and Piggy. What I see, 845 number. Already know what time it is. It's him this time. I'm like, hello? Hello, it's quiet. You know why it's quiet? Because he can't believe I picked up the phone. This is the first time he's hearing my voice. He's like, yo, can you just sign the divorce papers, please? I want to move on my life. I said, suck my dick, boy. <laughs> I said, bitch, I've been ready to move on. Like, nigga, you wasn't even talking about divorce until I did it. Now you want to try to up the ante. So what I hear in the background, I hear kids in the background. That lets me know, thing, he's with her. And that's why he's calling me. So she's like, oh, the sign of papers. He don't want shit to do with you. So I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth with them. But they don't know that my friends are on the phone. It's so crazy. I don't believe in coincidences. But it was a reason why I would be on the phones with my friends. And they would call. So she, they hung up the phone, called back. The second time when she called back, she was like, here you go, babe. Here's your wife. This is the mentality I'm talking about. This bitch is really fucking loony fucking tunes. Anyway, they going back and forth talking about just signing papers, all the shit. I need some security number, all this other kind of crazy shit. So he started talking. She started talking reckless. I said, so since we telling the truth, I said, you, you, tell, you told your bitch you like fingers in your ass? Yeah? Oh. He's like, oh, who, what, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell her. Tell her. Since we talking, since we talking, tell her. And then he was like, oh, that's a lot. I said, I said, Piggy, Ra, Ernest, is that a lot? They're like, nah. And then he started coming on. They're like, fuck you, nigga. When I see you, like, it's like a big mess. They talking with, they arguing with the nigga. I'm arguing with the bitch. Me and Piggy arguing with the bitch. It's like a whole shit fest. Fast forward, this is around, this is before Thanksgiving. The next day I go to, to go get some like stuff for Thanksgiving. My son tells me, cops come to my house. I don't know what the cops is coming to my house. Whatever. They ain't never come back. Fast forward to my birthday weekend. I come home, I get what? Divorce papers. Now, I, like I said, I don't believe in coincidences. Everybody know, like, this shit is set up to a T. That bitch know when my birthday is. This nigga know when my birthday is. They did that shit to fuck with me. Period. So, from that time, um, when they did call me that time before on Thanksgiving, they was talking about coming to my crib. Well, she was talking about they was coming to my crib. And I got tired of them saying that shit. So I said, I text his homeboy and I text the phone number back because they ended up texting me still, the bitch ended up texting me still taunting me. I said, 
if y'all two show up to my motherfucking crib, I had to call my mother and my siblings and stuff. I said, yo, this is where his mom stay. This is where his sister stay. And this is where his dad stay. Because I told them niggas, I said, something happened to me, something happened in your family. Because I will get your moms dragged the fuck down. Y'all thinking y'all going to come to my crib and where my kids at? And you thinking y'all, nah. And that was the last time that I fucking heard from them. That was the last time that I heard from them. And, um... I felt all kinds of emotions. One, I couldn't believe that the same man that, that I wrote that fucking letter that I just read, the same man that chased me down for 10 years would do me some, do some grimy shit like that for me. And um, I just can't even believe that he didn't even have the balls to face me. And the fact that he had Shrekiana calling me. But all of that leads me to the I'm not going to hold you segment where I usually give my guests um a scenario and they have to respond back i'm not going to hold you and then give an answer so my i'm not going to hold you uh segment is if i had the opportunity to go back to him would i and for me the answer is no i could finally say the answer is no and the reason why being that is because one of who it was with now, I used to, we used to talk about things all the time, and I used to be that girl that says, if my man cheated, I can still forgive them. But I realized that's just setting yourself up. Like, you, don't, you can't think highly of yourself if you feel that way. Because if you sign up to be in a monogamous relationship, you're expecting that to get that back. So what I decided was that I thought that if he cheated, you know, I could be... I can, you know, forgive him and we'd be good. But it was not only how he cheated, but it was who he cheated with. And you had this girl calling me. You had this girl saying shit about me. And I can tell how he operated because she never knew nothing about me. She never knew nothing about me. But when I started talking about how she wished death on her mother, her mother died the week later. When I started, when I started going in on her, I realized that now, and I started talking about their fucking kids, the quote-unquote kids that they got together, I realized that he was giving her information about me. And that's when I was like, nah, this nigga ain't really shit. And he not man enough because he didn't, he didn't own up to me. He didn't own up to the fact that he felt whatever type of way. And he kind of, in a sense, strung me along because he wanted to still have a relationship with those kids and still be with me. But he's not smart enough to put those pieces together. I also wouldn't, I wouldn't, also wouldn't go back because you're not about to do me dirty like that and for me to continue to fuck with you. Like, that's just me looking stupid. And I refuse to do that. And I'm just so disappointed because you really chased me down for 10 years and I felt like this was a man who I never doubted that he loved me. I've never doubted that he loved me. And even though I still love this man, I can still say, no, I'm not going, I'm not going to go back to him. Um, where I'm at, where I'll be prayfully, well, I can say that I have officially started the divorce um, process. So, you know, hand claps to me, hand claps to me. My man Dave like, yeah, that's right. Taking my power back. You feel me? <laughs> and I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that it doesn't be a long drawn out thing. We don't have no kids. We don't have no assets together. It could be uncontested. He don't, he, he needs to let me go. I'm letting, I'm letting him go. Things like that. And I just want it to be smooth. Now, what I will say is that I do want him to face me. And I do want an apology. One of these days. Because 
I used to hold on to it. I used to be like wanting for him to contact me and get in contact with me. And I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm not about to do that. So I do want an apology. Whether it's going to happen or not, I highly doubt it. Whether he's going to face me or not, since he done did so many coward moves, I highly doubt it. But that is something that I definitely would want. Um, as I come to an end, I do want to say thank you to my family for not giving up on me. Um, I apologize to them, but I will do it again. I apologize for my family who did end up coming to my door, who did end up calling my phone and not picking up. I truly definitely want to say thank you. One, I want to say thank you for, to Piggy because she was able to tell me that this man was in Brooklyn, um, even though he wasn't going to tell me, which he claimed that he said that he was going to tell me. Um, but... I knew that wasn't true because just a little bit backstory. Uh, this is the man that he used to sleep on his car if he didn't have enough gas money to come from Monticello to Brooklyn just so he can see me. So you go from not see, you you go from stepping foot in Brooklyn and not seeing me, bullshit, right? I shouldn't have known it was bullshit, but whatever. Um, I also want to thank you, thank Ernest because at one point when I did uh, see. The first time that he goes to me, Ernest did end up coming to pick me up. And of course, you know, Ernest and Piggy were on the phone calls with me whenever I needed to drag Shrek and Shrekiana. And I also want to thank Rob because um, as my best friend, he has been super, super supportive. And he's the person that I call, like I said, when I have anxiety, things like that. And he has really helped me out. And um, he low-key threatened me that... <laughs> He's like, yeah, if you ever try to commit suicide or anything like that, like, you make it through? He was like, yeah, I'll punch you in your face. <laughs> but he just let me know that I have so much worth living for. So for people who um, have gone through a breakup or feeling depressed, anxiety, all those type of feelings, I encourage everyone that I meet, especially now being in the space that I'm in, um, to get therapy. One of the things that I do take away from this is that I learned that I love myself. That's one of the things I didn't have before. And that's why I was looking for a man to love me the way I should have loved me. Nobody can tell me nothing now. Like, my self-esteem is at an all-time high. Bitches in the streets. Yeah, skin glowing. Ooh, you know? Oops. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I do thank him for giving me the confidence that I need. And since I'm in a much more better space, I know for a fact that God has bigger and better things for me, and he just wasn't it. My reason for me being married to this man was for me to learn to love myself. And I thank God that I got that message so I wouldn't change the thing about how I got that message. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am going to be definitely more consistent uh, with this. Next week, hopefully be more lighthearted. I'll have my guests here. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for waiting super patiently for this episode. And you guys have officially been taken over.